Blog Talk Radio. Tune in each and every Friday night at 6 p.m. Pacific and 9 p.m. Eastern to Unfiltered Real Talk Radio on the ULR Network with your host, Nisha Lene, as we discuss everything about relationships. Guests will include writers, coaches, relationship experts, organizations, and many more. Stay in the loop of who will be our featured guest, juicy conversations, and free giveaways by following our Facebook and Instagram at Unfiltered Real Talk Radio. Hello, hello, and welcome to Unfiltered Talk Radio with your host, Nisha Lene. Thank you guys for being here tonight. This is your first time tuning in. Thank you. I'm your host, Nisha Lene. I'm an author, publisher, and blogger. Tonight, we'll be talking to Phoenix Williams. Phoenix Williams is an award-winning, nominated author based out of Chicago. Her love of writing was was born during her early childhood, creating what she does, realistic romance and family dramas with the urban twist. Phoenix spins tales that allow the reader to see to see glimpses of themselves in the characters. Her works consist of the To Love a No Good Nigga series and the Sex, Lies, and Friendship series. With the fan favorite Sex, Lies, and Friendship series leading the way, Phoenix has crafted multiple books that feature severely flawed characters that everyone falls in love with. Without further ado, let's welcome Phoenix on the call. Phoenix, how, can you hear us? Hello? Phoenix, can you hear us? We may be having some technical difficulties. Phoenix, are you there? Hello? Can you hear me? Hello? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. How are you doing? Can you hear me? I'm good. How are you? (laughs) I'm fine. So you, were you born in Chicago? I know you are um, based out of Chicago. Were you um, born in Illinois? I was not. Um, I lived in Minneapolis for 12 years, and then my mom was like, she's from Illinois. She's from the suburbs of Illinois, and so she wanted to come back home, so she moved me and my siblings back out here to uh, the suburbs of Chicago, and I've been here ever since. Okay, and... How does being in the suburbs of how has Illinois influenced your writing? Every story I've written is well, I would say ninety percent of the stories that I've written have been based here. Chicago, I've been a lot of places, but Chicago is is home to me, um, and it's it's different. Like there's a different way that we move here, different way that we talk here. Um, Everyone is like so, like confident here. Uh, I don't want to call it the Kanye syndrome because we're all not like that, but that is you know kind of the norm around here. And so I wanted to to show that in the writing. You know, um, when you when I move around or when I go to different states, just based off of the way that I talk or the slang that I use, they're like, oh, you're from Chicago. So um, I think that that's pretty good, and, we, you know, I try to put that in my in my stories and so I can represent, you know, where I'm from. Okay. And you write realistic romance and family dramas with an urban twist. Tell us a little bit about yes. why you chose um, the genre that you write in. I chose realistic romance because I've I've read tons of romance novels. Um, 
However, I have yet to go on vacation and meet a millionaire on the beach and he falls in love with me. So I wanted to write stories that happen in everyday life. You know, you meet someone, you try, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But, you know, the the journey on the way to the conclusion of it is what makes the uh, the journey so great, you know, the lessons that you learn along the way. And so I wanted to write stories where you, as a reader, could see yourself in that exact situation because um, I really can't see myself, you know, as something unrealistic where me just a normal woman, you know, meets a billionaire and then we just like automatically fall in love and we have a million babies. I have yet to have that happen to me or anyone that I know. So I wanted to write stories um, that represented me and the people that I know. Okay. And which holds, why did you choose Romy? Because I love love. <laughs> and, yeah, and it's easy to, to write about love. And I, I love love. Even though I'm super single, I still think relationships are beautiful. And maybe one day, you know, I'll get one. But <laughs> I wanted to, relationships teach you a lot about yourself, you know. And so I think it's one thing that everybody can relate to across the board is that, Love can be good, but it can be bad at the same time. So that's why I chose romance. Okay. And um, it does say that your uh, love of writing was born during your early childhood. How did you discover your love for writing? My mom claims, and I don't know if it's 100% true, but it's the story that she tells. The very first book I read from front to back when I was five years old was the encyclopedia. And ever since then, I love to read. I've always been a writer. I've always, you know, been in AP English classes and, and writing and all that kind of stuff. And and I read so much that I felt like I could do it. My mom always fostered that love of reading, and so did my father as well. They would take me to the library and make sure I got all the books that I could carry. And, um, you know, just helped me along with that and nurtured that and encouraged me to read and to expand my horizons through reading. Okay. And what was your first book that gave you, like, the actual feel that you wanted to be a writer? Oh, my gosh, that is Oh My Tyree Fly Girl. I read that yes. book when I was, like, I don't know, 13, I probably should not have been reading this book, but I read that book when I was 13, and I was like, oh, my God, it's the greatest thing I've ever read in my entire life, and I want more of this. And ever since then, I was just like, you know what, even if it's in my spare time, I'm going to write. I'm going to write. Okay. And you said, so you were about 13. At what age did you pen and publish your first book? I was... 22, 22, and um, I wrote a book of poetry and short stories. And when I go back and read that book, I cringe because it was so bad. But I decided to go ahead and self-publish it, and that was my very first book. It was called Running. I remember everything about this book. I, um, my best friend and me made the cover with a trap phone out at the park, and it was the worst. It was the absolute worst, but 
I looked back and I laughed, and I'm so bold to try it all by myself, but that was the very first book that I wrote. Okay. And are you self-published now, or are you signed to a publishing company? I am signed to a publishing company. I'm signed to Delphine Publications. Um, I do have my own imprint underneath Delphine, which is Famous Williams Presents, and that just started in January uh, with my book, Phoenix After Dark, uh, being the first book on that imprint. But um, Tamika found me, and we've just been together ever since. And that was back in 2015 that I signed with her. Okay. And what are the advantages that you see being signed to a any publisher versus doing everything self-published? I find it is, like, such a big relief to be under a publisher. Everything that I was doing by myself, and I can admit now that I was doing it all wrong, but everything that I was doing by myself, I now have a team to help me with, you know, with the editing and the book covers and the promotions and, you know, going on book tours and doing all that kind of stuff. Like, Tanika has really taken me by the hand and shown me how the literary world works. And so I'm forever grateful to her for doing that for me. Um, when you're self-published, there's a lot more freedom, you know, and there's not a lot of deadlines and you're not really worried about the numbers, but you don't hit a wider audience like you would when you have a publisher behind you. Okay. Okay. And tell us a little bit more about your series because I noticed that um, you have the To Love a No Good Nigga series which is very, very yes. catches eye-catchy, and the Sex, Life, and Friendship <laughs> series. But I've also seen another series um, on Amazon that you have. Oh, for, Phoenix I'm After Dark? Um, I'm not sure if that was the name. Fronting Around? Fooling Around? No, that wasn't me. There's a, a lot of Phoenix Williams is out there, which I did not realize until I put my book out. And I was like, wow, that's like 10 of me. But that's a very popular name, I assume, based on how many people have that name on Amazon. Oh, wow. Okay, so that will be bringing to my next question. How do you deal with something like that? Do your readers well, use, um, downloading other people's books? I hope not. I haven't run into that problem um, because the other there's only one other Phoenix Williams that writes romance. The other ones write more like mystical science fiction, so that kind of separates us out. I have been contacted before for a different Phoenix Williams for his children's books, but that was a whole other thing. I let them know I definitely do not write children's stories, so you do not want me to be there, you're looking for the other Phoenix Williams. But rarely do we get mixed up. Um, but when it does happen, I will direct them to the to the right person that they're looking for. Okay. That's, yeah, because I, I was like, okay. And like you said, because it's a different, I don't know, it's not really a common name, but it, I don't know, for me, it's not really common. So when you go on Amazon, like you instantly just feel like, oh, okay, this is the person because this is what comes up. Yes, and I always tell people, look for look for my face. <laughs> if you see my face and you click on my Amazon author page, that's all me. But there's like ten Phoenix Williams, and it really is not a com a, a common name, but it seems to be growing 
So when I first started, it was like six, and now we're up to ten. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm glad my name's not like Joe Smith, because <laughs> I would have a right. real problem. That, that's common, <laughs> a real problem, because that's very, very common. So since um, you have become a published author, how do um, how does uh, your family, uh, your perception of with your family? When I first so started, author, they looked at me. Go ahead. Because I know a lot of people like, okay, you know, I have a writer in my family. Like, so how did they take you? Like, oh, I'm gonna write books. Oh, I wrote this book. I probably didn't break it in the best way because when I when I first decided I was gonna be self published, I was in my very last year of of college, and I was getting ready to go to law school. I was applying to law school, and I was getting ready to go. And then I realized I had like an epiphany. This was not for me, and so I dropped out of school, and my parents went nuts. My mom was like, oh, my God, you're pulling the Kanye. How dare you, college dropout? You're going to be a writer. You're going to be a starving artist, you know. But after the first year, and they really seen that I was trying, this is what I really wanted to do, they jumped on board. And even more so now, like my dad, he's like, all over trying to sell my books. He threw like my uh, a little event for me last year and had all his friends, all his people come out so they could buy my books. My mom is always online promoting me. Um, my aunt, she's always promoting me as well. My grandma finally got on board <laughs> and she's with it now too. Um, even though I have to keep telling her she can now put the To Love and No Good Nigga series on a bulletin board at her church. Because that's definitely not what she wants to do. Because she tried it, and I was like, no, please take that down. So, <laughs> you know, they're, they're all on board now. In the beginning, not so much. They thought I was just, you know, having like a nervous breakdown. But now they see that, you know, it is paying off, and they are 110% behind me. That's good because, as you know, being an author, it, that definitely has something good because then they give you the space and time to create. Yes. Especially when they support Definitely. it. So, and going into that, what is a, um, what is your idea? What is your, how can I swear this? Um, when you're gearing up to write, what is your, what does you have to have? What is, what is the process? I can only write when it's dark outside. Like when it's daylight, I get really distracted. So I can only write when it's dark. I have to have music for sure. Um, some kind of alcoholic beverage, also known as my writing juice. I will go ahead and sit down with that, and, you know, the words just come to me, and I'll just, you know, flow. I usually get my best ideas when I'm driving, and I will try to hold on to the idea until I get home so I can write it down. But I have to, it has to be dark, I have to have the music, and I have to have some kind of alcohol. Okay. And... So let's dig into the to love a no good nigga. What was what's what was the inspiration behind that? That all started from a short story I wrote back in 2011, and it was about one girl. Her name was Sparrow, and she had two crazy sisters, and they all had some kind of drama with their relationships, and it all stemmed from their relationship with their father, and. I 
wrote it. I put it out on, uh, I had a blog at the time, so I put it out on a blog. Everybody liked it. So I went ahead and I um, made a book, uh, three books, and each book had short stories. Each book had a short story for the sister. So there was Sparrow, Raven, and Robin. And when I first put the, the three stories together and made a full-length novel uh, for To Love and Nigga, I didn't think it was going to, no one was going to read it. <laughs> I really didn't think anyone was going to read it. Uh, but they read it and they liked it. I think it's because it's so relatable. You know, you have these issues with your father and it kind of, you know, bleeds into your romantic relationships. And so that has been, that was my first book on Delphine. It was the first book I ever wrote. And um, that book is like, has a special place in my heart. Okay. So take us through the main characters of To Love a No Good Nigga. Okay, so you have Sparrow. She is the youngest of the Bird sisters. Because their last name is Bird and their father named them all after birds. So you have Sparrow, who's the youngest of the Bird sisters. She is loud. She is brash. She is somewhat ignorant. Um, but she it comes from a good place. You know, um, she never is saying things because she's mean or she's nasty. She just doesn't word it the right way. You know, if I had to describe it, I would say, you know, um, she doesn't believe in beating around the bush. She'd rather cut down trees. And so she gets in a relationship, you know, with uh, a few different men because she doesn't believe in love. She thinks love is like something that men use to manipulate women into doing what they want. So she doesn't want any parts of that. And so you see her throughout the book navigate through her different relationships with men um, and trying to figure out if love is a real emotion. And then you have Raven, who is the complete opposite of Sparrow. She's quiet. Um, she doesn't really stand up for herself, and she's married to a quote-unquote businessman, but this businessman is really the, the top drug lord in Chicago, um, and she's tired of being married to him, and she wants to leave. But how do you leave someone who won't let you go? And so in the book we see her trying to figure out how to build her confidence and try to get out of something that she had no business being in in the first place. And then you have Robin, who's the oldest of the Bird Sisters, and she just wants to settle down. She, you know, can hear her biological clock ticking, and it's time. She wants to have a family and babies right now, and she will go to any length to get what she wants. And so throughout the book, you see her become like a desperate housewife. She wants what she wants right now, and she's going to do whatever it takes to get it, and she doesn't care who she has to get rid of uh, if they're in her way. And while the sisters are going through their drama, they have a brother, and his name is Blue. And Blue is the baby, but he's more like the oldest because he is constantly cleaning up their messes. And so throughout the book, you will see Blue uh, try to help his sisters in a way that makes them face their um, their own demons and, and try to... Um, figure out what's right for them. It's a three-part series, and by the end, you know, I, I would say that my favorite character in this entire book is Blue because he he gets down in this series. 
Okay. And then, so we have the No Good series. So tell us a little bit about the Sex, Lies, and Friendship series. That is my favorite that looks like series. That's the fan favorite. <laughs> that is the fan favorite. It started out as an accident. Um, <laughs> well, the way it, it started out was fooling around one King and Rain, and it was actually a short story that I had written, um, and it was called originally Life's Camera Action. And I wrote the short story, and Tamika was like, well, let's make it a full-length one, and we'll put it out around Valentine's Day. And I said, okay. So it was supposed to be just one book. That was it. Uh, but I ended up making it into a four-part series. Fooling Around deals with several friends who are um, falling in love either with each other or with other people, um, and it just navigates through that. Um, the first book is Fooling Around, King and Rain, and King and Rain are the uh, the main characters in that book. And King is just coming back to town, and he's, you know, madly in love with Rain, has always been madly in love with Rain, but Rain has secrets. And Rain is just getting out of a, a bad divorce where her husband left her for her twin sister. So she's dealing with Whoa. that. Uh, yeah, he left. He got her twin sister pregnant and left her and married her twin sister. So, <laughs> you know, it, it, she's dealing with a lot of betrayal issues and abandonment issues. So you try to see how, you know, they can navigate. Her and King can try to get together, but there's a lot of secrets between the both of them. And when those secrets come out, you know, it's kind of explosive. Uh, book two deals with another couple, uh, Shelby and Marcus, who also have a lot of secrets um, between the both of them. You have Shelby, who's just new to town, and you have Marcus, who's dealing with the abandonment from his mother, and, you know, um, he's trying to deal with that and, and trying to seek help for those issues. And they're trying to navigate their own relationship. And then book three, which seems to be the favorite for everybody, is Fooling Around 3, Sarai and Jax. They have been the the book that everyone's been looking forward to um, because they have a secret that they've been holding on to for quite some time. I won't say what the secret is because that will give away the whole book, but they, they end up um, trying to find their way through what – they think it's love, but might not be love with each other, but could be love with someone else. And, you know, the, the messy situations that when you have different relationships and a lot of secrets and lies that you tell, uh, that's how you end up in those kind of situations. And then the last book that just came out on Tuesday is Fooling Around for Tim Trevere. Tim has been a fan favorite from the very beginning. And in this book, you will get to know all about what the, the music mogul is up to in this book. So this series right here, my most favorite series I've ever written. I'm very sad that it has come to an end. Uh, but luckily I'm doing a spinoff, so we'll see how that goes. But if you are a fan of erotica, this is your series right here that I will say is extremely explicit. So if you're not used to that, it's probably not for you. <laughs> okay. So you guys hear that, right? She gave you guys a warning already. <laughs> um, how do you take with criticism as far as reviews go when 
Because um, I always tell people uh, a review where you criticize and you tell the good points and you tell the bad points is uh, an accurate review to me. When I have see reviews where they just go in on the author and they really don't give concrete on why they particularly didn't like the book, I feel like those are just trolls. Yeah. You know what? I personally like the honest reviews. You know what I mean? I'm not, don't get me wrong. I do like the ones that say you're the, the greatest ever because I'm like, you know what? Some days I need a pat on the back. But when you <laughs> give me, you know, reasons why, like, hey, you know what? The book was okay, and here's why. Because boom, 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 and not just because I didn't like the title or that's not how I think the character should be. If you tell me, hey, I don't like it, I read all the books in this series, and I don't like this one because of this, I will respect that. And I actually reply back to the review and say, you know what, thank you for your feedback, because I will use that in my next book to make it better. I think everyone can, you know, take a healthy dose of constructive criticism. What I what I don't appreciate is if you're just attacking, um, and then you won't get any response from me at all with that. Right. I don't like the whole attacking and, like, the, oh, you're a writer, so you have to have t- tough skin. Like, I understand we have to have tough skin, but sometimes it's just like, come on now. That is very true. people, too. Right. And I think people, but you know what, I think people forget that because even with, like, celebrities, you know, people are like, oh, they're celebrities, they signed up for this, so, but they're human, too. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I mean, if you, I've had people give me one-star reviews because they felt like, you know, my they didn't like the way the book went and that I should have did better and um, my Facebook picture is ugly. That is, that's not... <laughs> That, what does that have to do with anything, you know, at all? You know, and those are the kind of people that I don't respond to. But if you come to me with some actual, like, pulls from the book, then I can respect that because you are telling me the reasons why it wasn't that great for you. And then maybe I can use that to help me become a better writer. And I'm here for that. I'm all for that. But when you try to just um, be nasty I'm I'm not gonna pay attention to you. Right, like I'm I just don't have time. How <laughs> has your personal relationship <laughs> how has your personal relationship um reflected in your characters? Do you share any of your personal relationship woes within the characters in your stories? Not really, because I've been single for quite some time. Um I think one of the things that helps me with the writing, especially because I, I write, you know, erotic romances as well, is that um, I'm abstinent. I've been abstinent for two years. And so, you know, all my frustration, I can go ahead and put it out there on the pages. When it comes to the characters trying to deal with their own personal issues, you know, when it comes to commitment issues, that's all me because I do have commitment issues. I can put that into the... Um, into the storyline, but when it comes to how they interact with, you know, their significant other, I just say what I would like to hear and what I would like to say to someone who, you know, I would fall in love with. Okay. And, okay, so you've penned these books. You've been nominated for countless awards uh, because of your books. 
What is two pieces of advice you can give a struggling, expiring author? Hustle hard, very hard. There will be, you know, you can't expect an overnight success. In fact, I will say overnight success takes 10 years. So for those 10 years, you need to go ahead and put in the work. You will get out of this what you put in. Always try to build connections. Be kind to people and just hustle, hustle, hustle. That's my first piece of advice. My second piece is know your brand. If you don't know what genre you fit into and you're just doing like a widespread marketing plan, it's probably not going to work. Find a genre that you fit into that you feel comfortable with. You know, I started out on a urban fiction label but ended up writing erotic romances. But yeah, that's where I fit. So find what fits for you. Don't just go with what's trending because what's trending might not work for you and it'll reflect in your writing. Write what you feel, write what you what what's honest to you and don't just try to fit in, you know, with what's hot right now. What's hot right now is not gonna be hot next year. Yes. So let's talk a little bit. We're going to get a little bit unfiltered with the industry right now because I think there's a lot of things that are going on that people are afraid to talk about. I personally have removed a lot of people as fellow authors from my Facebook because they were just salty about so, so much. Being that you're signed with Tamika, um, Tamika just released the awards um, from the nomination for the awards. There were so many people that were so salty about this. Um, and like you said, doing the work. You have to work. There's, and some of these people, I've been to events, I don't see them, where all I see them is um, basically just talking crap on Facebook. And it's like, get out there. Like, I have never been nominated for any awards, and I've been in the game since 2012. But that gives me the strength to keep going. And for me, I don't write to be, I don't know, I don't write to be, you know, of course, to win an award for your writing is something fantastic. But that's not yeah. the fuel behind it. Like, my fuel is this is my passion. This is what I love. What is your take on that, being that so many people, the, the, the industry is saturated. And I think the industry is not saturated. But like you said, I think there are so many people just writing, trying to fit in, and they don't know their target market. They don't know the genre that they're, they best fit in. I think when it comes to people feeling salty about awards, um, you're going to be just fine. And let me tell you why. Because Tamika is my publisher, right? And she has AANBC Awards. She's my own publisher, and I wasn't nominated this year. Do you think I'm upset? Absolutely not. You know, people vote for you. If people didn't vote for you, it's not, it, doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean that you're just like the worst writer. It doesn't mean they didn't vote for you this time around. And if you are in this industry to either get pats on the back and, you know, undying love, you're in the wrong industry, okay? Because right now, everybody and their mama wants the same thing. They want pats on the back and undying love. You need to be in this because you are passionate about it, not because you are looking for someone to tell you that you are great. You need to tell you you are great. If you're looking for people to tell you you are great, please don't read your reviews because I can guarantee you a few people in those reviews are not going to tell you that they love you. They're going to tell you that you sucked right now or the book was not their cup of tea. So just 
you're going to be all right. Just take a deep breath. <laughs> and it's always next year. And there's more than one award show. So if you didn't get in with the AMBC Awards, you could try a different one. But there's no need for you to be, you know, spreading your, uh, your negativity all around Facebook. Because at the end of the right. day, that makes you look bad as a brand. I might be feeling some type of way, but you will never see me go on Facebook or Twitter or Snapchat or Instagram or wherever and take my negative feelings and put it out there because people will remember what you say. And you think that they won't, but they will. So just exactly. be easy. It's going to be fine. You're going to be just fine. You're not going to die because you didn't get nominated. Right. I was like, come on. And it and it was just like days and days, and I was like, I can't take it anymore. Um, <laughs> I just couldn't take it. Um, how do you feel about um, – I haven't seen it – well, I don't really pay attention to Facebook and people anymore. I've deleted a lot of people. I've had like 60 people waiting because I just – I'm not interested in adding more authors to my page, to be honest, um, because I don't have time for the clicks. And everything like I yes. feel like as a genre, there is there is readers for every there's readers for all of us. Because if you think about a book, the average book can take a reader, depending on how long it is, and depending on how quick the reader reads, anywhere from a day or two, the most three days if the book is very very interesting. Which means yeah. that gives a person who who does it depending on your targeted whether they're leisure, whether how they work, can read almost two to three books a week. Exactly. So once they're done with your book, they can go. So I don't understand like the whole click, the animosity. Um, the, the at one point, um, there was like authors going to write bad reviews for other authors who they felt were like popping, or they felt like they were getting all these, so they will go write these fake reviews to try to damper this person's success or whatever. And I'm just like, what? What is behind all that? Like, there is enough readers out here for all of us. My thoughts on that are this. If you have the time to actually think through, I would have never thought to do that. <laughs> never would have thought to do that. But if you have the time to even go and make you a fake Amazon account, go and buy 10 items so you can be clear to review things, and then if go and review people's books poorly, you have way too much time on your hands. That same amount of time you used just to do that, you could have went and did something constructive with your time. You could have went and, you know, I don't know, booked uh, an event to go ahead and do. You could have been writing another book. You could have been marketing your own book. You can't sit here and be upset because someone is doing better than you. And then you also, if you are upset, you need to look at, okay, what am I doing as an author that isn't working? Or what are they doing that I'm not doing? There's always ways to make yourself better without pulling other people down. So we're going to go to a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to be asking Phoenix questions about um, her writing process, um, her review, first draft, second draft, and self-editing. We'll be right back in a moment. Tune in to Love for the Lockdown Radio each and every Sunday at 6 p.m. Pacific and 9 p.m. Eastern. Send special dedications to your loved ones behind the wall by emailing love for the lockdown radio at gmail.com or send your special dedications live by calling 347 347- 
347-215-8932. Again, the number is 347-215-8932. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Love for the Lockdown Radio. Welcome, welcome back. If you're just now tuning in, I'm your host, Nisha Lene, and we have live on the line author Phoenix Williams, the author that penned the To Love a No Good Nigga series, the Sex, Lies, and Friendship series. Phoenix, when it comes to writing, are you a um, freestyle writer or do you um, need an outline? I'm a mixture of both. Like, I'll have an outline that has, like, ten bullet points. <laughs> like, I want to hit this, 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 and this. And then everything else is just kind of like freestyle. And I'll stop for a little bit. I'll come back to it. I'm like, oh, okay, that's where I was. Let me go ahead and finish writing. But I would say a mixture of both. If I don't have my bullet points, I really will forget where I was trying to go with something. So I try to have those bullet points written down. Okay. And um, it's essential for me to have uh, more than one draft. So I go through my first draft. Um, which is literally I probably skip chapters, I skip things because, I, I mean, I don't like to – I found if I harbor too long on one scene, it just slows my process down, and then I get bored. And then I start a new project because, I don't know, I'm just – my mind just keeps constantly going, 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 going. So now I took it to the point where I would just be like, okay, well, I need them to do this, but I don't know the actual words or how I want to work. So I'll just make a note. So I can go through the whole book just constantly doing that. And then after that, that's my first draft. So then I print it out, and I actually go back in and, you know, fill in those things and fill it in. And then once I go back and do all that um, on paper, I print out the story and have it binded as staples. Um, I go and I get all that together. And then I do another draft, which is me typing up that, adding anything additional. What is your process? So my process is I will go ahead and I have my symbol of points. I'll start, I have to start writing usually from start to finish. I always, with every story, and I don't know why, I know exactly how it's going to end. I can tell you all the details of how it's going to end, but I can never tell you how it's going to begin. So I'll just sit there, and I'll just start writing it. Um, when I'm out and about, if I see things that touch my eye or, like, have a, a thought that crosses my mind, I'll go ahead and write that down. So I have, like, Ten notebooks filled with notes from all the stories, all the books that I've written, um, and I just have like a line of dialogue here, a scene there, and I'll just go ahead and, and fill that into the manuscript um, as I go along. So it usually takes me about, I would say, somewhere around a month, month and a half, to get it all put together from the little notes that I've made on the notebook or napkins or receipts in my purse. And I'll go ahead and put those all together, and then I'll send it off to the editor. Okay. And are you um, – there's a lot of authors. Um, I found out in my years of just talking to people that um, – I won't say just them. Um, they're assigned to companies where after their book is edited, they are not able to review that book before it hits – before it's published. Really? Yeah, I've met a few people, and they're like, oh, you know, once I turned it in, I turned it in. I'm like, well, you should be able to review it once it comes from the editor because the editor should have suggestions if there's anything that they don't really understand. They want to get a clear understanding yeah. to make sure that your book is, you know, kind of edited the way that it should be. 
And she was like, no. And I was like, I've had bad experience with editors. Um, thank God for my new editor. She's wonderful. Um, <laughs> so, And I'm like, no, I think as, you know, your publisher should send the book back to you just for you guys to go. I know you won't have, like, a direct link in contact with the editor because they're paid by the publisher, but you should be able to go back and review your story to just to make sure maybe if there's some last-minute changes you want to add, just any confusion. And I'm like, you should be able to do that. Yeah, I'm able to do that with my um, with my editors, uh, even with the Phoenix After Dark project where, you know, it came out on my own label. Um, I can go to the publisher, I mean, to the um, editor, the back to me. It was all good. And then with, you know, with me being on Delphine, the books that came out on Delphine, um, I was able to request certain editors for certain projects, and I was able to talk with them and, and let them know, like, okay, here's how the story is written. It's like where I, how I want it to sound and how I want the characters to come across. And they were right, and they were edited, keeping those things in mind. Um, and then, you know, if they had something for me to expand on or, you know, let me know that, hey, this doesn't make sense, I was able to go back and fix all that, send it back to the publisher, she send it back to the editor, and then, you know, she'd have a one final look through, I'd have a final look through, and then it gets, you know, published. Right. And I, that's so I think it should how be a back and process. forth between the editor and the writer. That's how I thought the process was. So when people were telling me that, and I was like, really? I was like, flabbergasted because I was like, I don't, I don't know that. Like, I've always been able to do, you know, the back and forth just to make sure that they're clear. I don't know anything about that. Um, who are your top three authors um, that are must-read for you? Um, I feel like when I say must-read, these are the authors who don't have to, you don't have to read the synopsis. You know they drop in a new book. You know you get it. Oh, my God, that's so hard. Okay. <laughs> I would say for sure Adrienne Cooper because I just love her. She writes, I read, and I want to quit writing after I'm done reading because I'm like, I'll never measure up. <laughs> I'll never be as good. Like, she has, she started a series, and then the last book in the series didn't come on to like four years later. I was literally stalking her page every day, like, please tell me you're about to drop this book. And finally, when she said she was going to drop it, I must have cried tears. I was so happy. <laughs> so she's definitely uh, my number one. Oh, number two, let's see here. Um, Zuri Day is another one. I'm just like, oh, my God, I love her so much. Um, her books, they make me want to quit, too. But she writes really good standalones and series too. But like her standalones, I couldn't. I don't know how to do that because every standalone I try to make turns into a four-part series. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then uh, number three, I would say, oh man, that's a hard one. This is a hard question. Please. Um, I would say. Oh, my God, it's so hard. I don't know. You know what? I will say it's going to sound so biased. Tamika Newhouse. And the reason why is because if you know how hard I've been stalking her for this, for this book playing Jane 2, okay, you would be like, yeah, she's going to be in a top three. Because I have been 
searching, looking, begging, bribing her for part two of this book. Uh, I was every book she put out, I went ahead and bought it. Even before I signed with her, um, I she would put out a book and I go ahead and I buy it. Yes, uh, Tamika is definitely, definitely a great writer. Very much so. And I'm still waiting on that playing J number two. If you're listening to me, you know, feel free to uh, slide that into my uh, into my e- my email. I'll go ahead and, and, and beta review it for you. <laughs> right? <laughs> I got you covered. <laughs> Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> when it comes to collaboration, have you considered doing any collaboration with any authors in the genre that you write in or any other genre? I have, and there is one I've been working on, but he and I are trying to get our lives together, so it, it, hopefully it will come soon. Joshie Wilson, who is the author of She Was a Friend of Mine series, um, we have an idea, and it's super hot, and we're trying to get together to put this book together, um, but our schedules are so conflicting, and we both have Every time he's ready, I'm in the middle of a series. And every time I'm ready, he's in the middle of a series. So we're trying to get our time in together so we can write this, this book and, and put it out. If I had to think of anyone else I'd love to collaborate with, it would be Mary B. Morrison. That's like a dream right there. But I think our, our styles are very similar. Okay. And... First, we're in the second month of the first quarter, mid-month. Um, what do you have planned for the um, in the, the remainder of the first quarter of 2017? Oh, boy. Um, I have – well, all the books I plan on putting out in the first quarter are, are already out. I just have a few events coming up here in Chicago um, that I'm going to be doing, so I'll check my Facebook page. You can come and see me at Book It in Chicago, and the Black Women's Expo here in Chicago. Uh, second quarter is going to be super busy. Um, as I mentioned, I have a, a, the imprint Phoenix Williams Presents. So my first author, Drick, he puts out his book in April, and then there's just book after book after book after book after that. Okay. And what, type, what events will we, um, the readers be able to see you at this year? So in March, you can catch me at Book It on Hubbard in Chicago, um, the Black Women's Expo in Chicago as well, which is the week after that, so March 25th, and then I think it's April 7th is when you can catch, 7th, 8th, and 9th is when you can catch me at the Black Women's Expo. Um, May, I am going on vacation, so I won't be going anywhere then because I'm going to Vegas. <laughs> But in June, you can catch me at the AAMBC Awards in Atlanta. Um, you can uh, that's June 9th, 10th, and 11th. Uh, the week after that, I will be in Miami at the Black uh, Film Festival. And then I will be somewhere out. Oh, New York in August for the Sisters um, Lit book event. So okay. I'll be out probably a lot of places. And then there's a few other ones in between uh, and hopefully some more um, at the end of the year, but that's, those are the ones on the top of my head right now. Okay. 
So you guys heard that. You guys know where you can catch her in person, get some signed copies. I'm personally a very big fan of getting signed copies. Me too. It's not like a nice hardcover book. I mean, I do like ebooks, but I want the paper in my hands. You know, and that's how I feel. I love ebooks because of the the, um, the convenience of definitely having an ebook. Like the other day, our power was turned off because the company they were doing some kind of testing. So it was just like, okay, whatever. I can just pull my phone out and read off from my phone or whatever. But I will always be a paperback lover. I started with paperbacks, and I will always be a paperback lover. I will, I, I love the smell of the paper when you open it, and I just love it. <laughs> I definitely understand the feeling. Okay. Let the readers know where they can reach you um, for questions, discussions. I'm on everything social. So if you want to reach me on Facebook, you can go ahead and um, go to facebook.com backslash phoenixwilliams01. That is our page. Um, If you message me on there, I have my phone on me all the time. So you message me. And usually I get back within 30 minutes to you. Um, Twitter, Phoenix underscore William, no S at the end because someone stole that name. And on Snapchat, it's Miss Phoenix Williams. On Instagram, it is Phoenix Williams Books. And then you can always email me at PhoenixWilliamsBooks at gmail.com. And where can they find a list? I mean, all of your books are besides Amazon. We, of course, you know Amazon, but where else can they find your books? You can also find them on the Barnes and Noble website. Okay. And before we get to start closing, two, we're going to do do's and don'ts. Three do's for any um, establishing writer, aspiring author when marketing their book. When marketing your book, do research. Research, research, research. Do find your demographic and do be open-minded because there's different ways that you can go ahead and you can market. And if you stick yourself in one little box, you're never going to find your uh, – that can help you break out into uh, new demographics. Don't be cheap. If you are looking for a marketing plan that's going to uh, cost you $10, you're going to get $10 worth of results. Don't be unprofessional. This is a business. You are a brand. Behave professionally. And last, don't I would say, um, don't be um, a procrastinator when it comes to marketing. The sooner you do it, the better. Don't wait until the day before your book comes out and you're trying to market to everybody because it's a little too late. Do it, you know, at least start a month in advance. Guys, hear that? So at least 30, 30 to 60 days in advance you want to start marketing that book. Exactly. Without giving too much um let us know what type of what's the background or the type of story that you're working on to release within the next few months if you have started. The next book is a spinoff for the Sex Lives and Friendship series called the Pain and Pleasure series. 
Um, this one is a lot darker, and we, we go um, a lot further into kink and, you know, sexual situations that aren't always the norm. Um, and as usual, I do promote um, mental health awareness in this book as well, like I do with all the rest of the books. It's, you know, have no shame and go on to the therapist, okay? So um, that's what I'm working on right now. We're going to, you know, explore how your past can affect your, your present and your future if you don't, you know, talk about it and have someone help you through it. And also how you should not be ashamed of what your sexual preferences are. Okay. Which is a is something that's a very, very large topic because there's so many people struggling with that. Exactly. Exactly. And I think you know, hey, I feel like if you're not taking care of me, I'll do what I want. <laughs> if you only have one life, you know, and I hate to say YOLO, but I mean, it is what it is. And either you're going to be happy or you're going to make everybody else happy. And if you're not hurting anyone, just do whatever you want to do. Exactly. Yeah, I hear that. Um, I think a lot of people are stuck with perception of what everybody thinks of them. you got to let that go. And this is something exactly. I tell myself daily, the stuff I remind my close friends and, and everyone. Like, people going to judge you whether you, whatever, judge you regardless. So why not be happy and do what you want to do instead of judging you, you boxed in? Like I said, I'm, I, I stand on top of the box. You you can't just talk like I was boxed in. So tell everybody, live life and be happy. Exactly. That's all, that's all I'm trying to get across with these books is, you know what, be happy. If you want to go out, wave your freak flag, okay? Don't let them make you feel ashamed. Do what you want to do. Right. Phoenix, on behalf of Unfiltered Talk Radio and the Urban Literary Network, we definitely want to thank you for being able to take time to come on to Unfiltered Talk Radio, discuss your books, discuss your um, views of the industry, um, your process and your journey on becoming a best-selling author. Is there anything um, you you want to tell the readers that they may not know about you before we get in this call? If you want to talk to me about something other than books that I am passionate about, I have one word for you, and that word is anime. I am a huge nerd. Feel free at any time of a day or night to drop me a line on your favorite cartoons and animes or books, and we can go ahead and discuss those. But that's probably one thing. If you haven't read my books and you don't know that, if you have read my books and you obviously know because I take a lot of um, anime characters and, and use them in the uh, in the books. So, Definitely feel free uh, to go ahead and hit me up about that. And once again, go ahead and drop and let everyone know where they can reach you on social media. You can reach me out on Facebook at uh, facebook.com backslash phoenixwilliams01, on Instagram at phoenixwilliamsbooks, Twitter, phoenix underscore william, Snapchat, Miss Phoenix Williams. And you can email me at gmail at phoenixwilliamsbooks at gmail.com. Okay. You guys heard that. And, again, thank you, Phoenix, for tuning in to Unfiltered Talk Radio on the Urban Literary Network. We truly appreciate talking to you tonight, and you have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for having me. You have a wonderful night as well.
Thank you. Thank you for everyone who tuned in tonight to our interview with um, best-selling author Phoenix Williams. I am your host, Misha Lene. You can catch me every Friday right here on the um, Unfiltered Talk Radio on the Urban Literary Network by calling in to 347-215-8932. Next Friday at 6 p.m., I will be um, interviewing author T.J. Hope, so please make sure you call in and tune into that. On behalf of the network that I work for, the Urban Literary Network, I want to thank everyone who makes this happen. DC Book Diva, Callie, um, Callie Kim, Allison Dees, um, and check out the other shows on our network. We have um, Author Rocky has a show every Thursday night. Um, Love for the Lockdown with um, Author Kim is every Sunday and every Wednesday. Author um, Alice Deese has a show every Saturday. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to keep up with all of them. Um, so make sure you're tuning into the Urban Literary Review Network every week. Um, we have tons of authors coming through sharing their stories, sharing advice on if you're an aspiring author, you definitely want to take those jewels and implement them, implement them in your journey. Um, every author on here has went through a journey to learn these things, and they would never steer you wrong. So thank you for tuning in, and see you guys next Friday. Have a great night.